Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Live Sunday nights. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. You can also listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook and Truth Social. And of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay informed on all the latest show updates. Little God and Guns. Gotta love ZZ Top. Top skip. ZZ to Leonard Skinner. Ah! Kind of close. Classic rock guys with beards. <laughs> Six of one, half a dozen of another. For some time now, politicians, namely Democrats, have been trying to crack down on gun violence, even issuing subpoenas to gun makers in an effort to get some answers. You know, I, I, I'm gonna tick off every Leonard Skinner fan out there just so you know. However, this time around, Smith & Wesson is finally firing back. I, I hope you notice what I did there, Dave, with firing back. In a recent statement, the company's president and CEO, Mark Smith, pointed fingers at these politicians, noting other reasons to blame for the violence and pushing back on the anti-Second Amendment rhetoric. Joining us now to Talk a little bit about this is Cam Edwards. He is editor at BearingArms.com and hosts the popular podcast Cam and Country that focuses on Second Amendment news and information. Cam, thank you for joining us this evening. It's nice to have you back on the show again, my friend. Hey, listen, I always appreciate the invite, and I understand why you had ZZ Top on the brain, because <laughs> I do look like I could be a member of a ZZ Top cover band. As so. a matter of fact, you do, yes. Yeah, your Twitter, <laughs> fo- yeah, you, you kind of have that look, brother. I got I to gotta admit you do. <laughs> Cam, uh, it's, it's large. That's going to be my ZZ Top cover band. Yes, name. yes, it could be. I that, that photo, I saw it the first time. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> if I've had that beard my wife wouldn't kiss me for a month so <laughs> yeah i mean uh 
In their statement, Smith & Wesson stated, quote, a number of politicians and their lobbying partners in the media have recently sought to disparage Smith & Wesson. Some have the audacity to suggest that after they have vilified, undermined, and defunded law enforcement for years, supported prosecutors who refuse to hold criminals accountable for their actions, overseen the decay of our country's mental health infrastructure, and generally promoted a culture of lawlessness, Smith and Wesson and other firearm manufacturers are somehow responsible for the crime that has predictably resulted from these destructive policies. They went on to say, but they, the politicians, are the ones to blame for the surge in violence and lawlessness, and they seek to avoid any responsibility for the crisis of violence that they have created by attempting to shift the blame to Smith and Wesson other firearm manufacturers, and law-abiding gun owners. I mean, talk about a drop-the-mic moment, Cam. Could, could Smith & Wesson finally be, you know, opening up? Is this the opening salvo for a pushback by gun makers and gun owners against what politicians are doing in Washington? I, I think it is, uh, and it's, frankly, uh, probably overdue. Yes. Uh, you know, um, We've seen, I think, especially over the past few years, uh, but really going back decades, you know, the gun control lobby. I mean, look, their ultimate agenda is to uh, curtail the Second Amendment rights of, of every American out there. Yeah. And in order to do that, you can't just go after our right to keep and bear arms. You have to go after our ability to, to own one. Uh, in order to do that, you got to go after the gun makers. So this is, you know, part and parcel of a decades long effort, but it really has been sharpened over the past couple of years to try to demonize the firearms industry to to, to uh, make them the new big tobacco. Right. Right. Uh, this group of nefarious executives who, you know, know that their products are causing untold harm and misery and uh, want to do nothing about it. Um, the problem is, as Mark Smith pointed out, that the politicians themselves, look, they're the ones who set the policies. They're the ones who set the laws. And frankly, you know, this whole idea of more guns equals more crime, we know this to be untrue because every year millions of firearms are sold around the country. Right, and yet right. violent crime rates rise and fall, right? I mean, for, for 30 years, we saw a steady decline in violent crime from about 1991 until 2020 uh, when, you know, the COVID pandemic and I think the government response to the COVID pandemic uh, helped enable not just a surge in violent crime, but, you know, the uh, National Traffic Safety Board reported this week that uh, the number of traffic fatalities uh, increased, I think, at the highest rate since World War II um, this past year. I think that is related to the pandemic as well. We've seen record high numbers of drug overdose deaths, record high numbers of alcohol-related deaths all in the past couple of years. Uh, and yet, it just seems weird to me that the gun industry is the uh, one body that's being sort of, you know, singled out here. So why you, you are to blame for this. Nobody's calling Ford onto the carpet and saying, you know, you're responsible for the increase in traffic fatalities over the past couple of years. It's, it's because you make cars. And yeah, that's exactly the argument that we're hearing from Democrats like Carolyn Maloney and, and Joe Biden, uh, who declared that the firearms industry was the enemy when he was running for president. Right. Right. Uh, and so, I, you know, I am glad to see this pushback. Uh, you know, Smith and Wesson, look, they originally tried to cooperate with the House Oversight Committee. Uh, but when Carolyn Maloney, you know, started asking for specific sales numbers about, you know, what were your profits on AR-15s? 
That's what Smith and Wesson said. Forget it. This is ridiculous. This is an anti-gun fishing expedition. And we know that to be true because the week that the House Oversight Committee held these hearings with gun CEOs, they released this you know big report on a billion dollars in profits from five manufacturers on the sale of AR-15s over the past decade, which if you start to do the math, John, yeah. you know, $250 million a year divided by five companies. That's not right. an extraordinary amount of, right? No, that's not uh, much. <laughs> not even $250 million, $200 million. I even got the math wrong. So it's even less money. Right. But again, it's, it's part and parcel of this same agenda to, uh, I think, really, you know, try to turn the American people against an industry that not only has a huge economic impact across the country, but is vitally important to the exercise of a fundamental constitutionally protected right. So why do you believe some politicians are then refusing to accept any blame for what's happening? I mean, do you believe this is a bigger problem here? I mean, does this have to do, I think it has to do in large part to how the messaging behind defunding the police, for example, has failed. And so mm-hmm. they don't want to accept responsibility for that, so they're pivoting. They're like, oh, okay, okay, no, 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 we didn't mean it, so let's blame the guns. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, well, first of all, I'm not surprised that politicians aren't accepting responsibility for their failure. Well, that's true, yeah, okay. Uh, they're politicians. When has that ever happened, <laughs> um, right? But, you know, the, the defund the police movement and, and its face plant uh, over the past, you know, couple of years, I think, is driving a lot of this. But again, as I say, this goes back decades. And, and the fundamental problem is when you view violent crime as a problem of guns and not about changing criminal behavior, you are doomed to fail. You know, I, I like to think of this in terms of the law of supply and demand. And the gun control movement tries to reduce violent crime by reducing the supply of firearms in a country where we've got the right to keep and bear them where there are already 100 million gun owners and some 400 million privately owned firearms. So, look, even if you hate the Second Amendment, it's really dumb to think that we're going to supply side gun control our way to safety. Right, yeah. Uh, And yet, you know, you look at these programs around the country. Dallas, Texas, for instance, last year put in place a program where they looked at the most violent spots in the city. And we're not talking about square miles. We're talking about, you know, corners we're talking about this particular house or this particular neighborhood not even neighborhood but this particular half block and they flooded those areas with law enforcement resources and what happened was the homicide rate dropped by more than 30 percent um you know we are starting to see this in buffalo new york they actually took a page from dallas they said hey it it worked there let's see what happens if we do it here 36 percent decline in homicides this year that's incredible and it's not the result of any new gun control laws you know dallas had constitutional carry take effect And they saw a 30 percent decline in homicides because of effective policing. So this, I think, is one of the things that Mark Smith is talking about. We know the strategies that can reduce violent crime. We know the tactics that can reduce violent crime. The Buffalo police chief said he believes that about 75 people in that city are driving the violence. Now, does it make more sense to go after those 75 people? Or to cast a wide net over every legal gun owner and hope that there's going to be some sort of trickle-down effect. Yeah, exactly. You know, on violent criminals somewhere. Exactly. Um, You know, so, yeah, their messaging is more guns equal more crime. And I think what Mark Smith is is starting to to do here, and I hope the the industry follows suit, uh, is not only to push back on that idea, but again, to start to point out those specific failures of government that have made things worse and will make things worse if we ignore what works. We're, we're talking with Cam Edwards, editor at BearingArms.com. So I, I'm assuming then you think the next step 
from these gun makers is, I mean, is it countersuit? Is it just to continue to push back against the rhetoric? Or should they start getting a little more aggressive and maybe start weighing in and in races and in campaigns? I mean, you've got, you know, for example, Beto O'Rourke running for governor in Texas. Should they start getting politically active? You know, the, the trouble with that is that Democrats then, you know, talk about, uh, you know, Greg Abbott is the tool of the gun industry. Right. Yeah. Right? Good point. So good point. I, I don't know if you're going to see uh, businesses uh, weigh in on campaigns and candidates. Uh, frankly, you know, I don't like it when the left, when woke CEOs do that with their companies. You know, like when, when uh, Levi Strauss a couple of years ago came out and so we need to, uh, you know, uh, uh, embrace gun control. I or Disney, that. for that matter, doing it on the left, for the left, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I think what you will see, uh, there will be some donations, I think, uh, to, to candidates um, who, who understand uh, what's really going on here. But I also think there's really going to be a sustained effort on the part of the industry from a public relations standpoint, from a public messaging standpoint. Good, good. Um, yeah, and, and that's what's needed, you know, because it's not enough to just go out there and to try to sell their product. They've got to defend a right now because, again, without this industry, this right disappears. Yep. Well, and they need to start pushing back on that false narrative. I think that's the other part is start start making sure that it, that the left isn't speaking in a vacuum, that at least there's somebody out there talking uh, to, to put the, the, the counter the counter messaging out there. Speaking of which, Cam, if folks are interested, they can find you on Twitter at Cam Edwards. Get more information on the Second Amendment Foundation at saf.org, correct? That's absolutely right. And you can also find me at BearingArms.com. Brother, I appreciate you. And always, it's a pleasure having you and your ZZ Top beard on the show anytime, my friend. <laughs> well, thank you very much from one sharp-dressed man to another. I look forward to being back <laughs> soon, man. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, man. Have a good night. We'll take a quick break, and then I want to hear from you. Our phone lines are open, 316-869-1330. Give us a call. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.